This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. You can power up your playtime with the Nintendo Switch system, the home of Mario and Friends. You may discover exciting surprises with Mario, Princess Peach, and more in Super Mario Bros. Wonder or challenge friends to a race in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You can head to Nintendo.com to learn more about the Nintendo Switch system. Games and systems sold separately. Tonight, the deadly dust storm. Multiple people are killed and dozens hospitalized after a multi-car pileup that shut down a major interstate. Here are tonight's headlines. Strong winds make for a dangerous situation in Illinois. Low visibility caused a crash involving as many as 80 cars and trucks. Oh my God. Plus the dangerous tornadoes causing major destruction. The massive manhunt for the man accused of killing five of his neighbors, including a nine-year-old boy. What led to the massacre as we learned the suspect had been deported from the U.S. at least four times. Regulators have seized First Republic Bank and chosen J.P. Morgan Chase to buy most of its assets. The San Francisco-based bank is the third major bank to fail in two months. A U.S. Navy ship has taken more than 100 U.S. citizens away from the violence in Sudan, but many more are still waiting to be rescued. Thousands of American Airlines pilots threaten a strike. Could it impact your summer travel? We're here to demand that management comes to the table. The company builds schedules that are unflyable. The so-called forever chemicals contaminating drinking water and fish. If we're finding PFAS here, you go to any river throughout most of the United States and you're gonna find similar levels. Now retired, Air Force Colonel Kim Campbell faced that decision 20 years ago in the cockpit of her A-10 over Baghdad. Hearing all the guys on the radio, welcome home, I knew that I had made it. I'd survived.
Good evening, and thank you for joining us as we start a new week together. We want to begin tonight with some breaking news. At least six people are dead and dozens others injured after a massive pileup on Interstate 55 in South Central Illinois. Police say dozens of passenger vehicles and 30 commercial vehicles, including several semi-trucks, were involved in a devastating crash located about 70 miles north of St. Louis. Parts of the interstate are shut down in both directions after vehicles burst into flames following the collisions. Caroline Hecker from our CBS affiliate KMOV is at the scene with the scary details. This dust storm turned deadly along I-55 in central Illinois after blinded drivers slammed into each other this morning. Strong winds blew dirt from nearby farm fields across the highway, creating near zero visibility that led to accidents on both the north and southbound sides. One vehicle's into the median, the other one is a truck tractor semi-trailer. More than 30 were taken to hospitals. Up to 80 vehicles were involved. Two truck tractor semi-trailers have caught fire as a result of the crash. Um, we had some initial reports that maybe there could have been an explosion. We can't confirm that at this time. I can tell you that you can still clearly see and feel the wind that caused this accident. They've been moving semis off the interstate. Injuries in this accident ranging from minor to life-threatening with the victims as young as two and as old as 80. This portion of Interstate 55 shut down for at least the rest of the evening. Nora? Yeah, very windy indeed. Caroline Hecker, thank you so much. Tonight, officials across Virginia are still surveying the destruction after severe storms hammered the region this weekend. A powerful EF3 tornado with winds of 140 to 150 miles per hour tore through the city of Virginia Beach on Sunday, damaging upwards of 100 homes and businesses and knocking out power to hundreds. The storm caused an estimated $15.3 million in residential damage. Another twister touched down in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida on Saturday, wrecking havoc on homes, flipping cars and downing power lines. Fortunately, there were no reports of fatalities or serious injuries in either of the weekend storms. More than 250 members of law enforcement are looking for the person suspected of a massacre in Texas. Investigators say a man killed five of his neighbors, execution style, on Friday night. CBS's Janet Shamlian says police have no clue where he is, despite an $80,000 reward. Tonight, deputies and FBI agents widening their search for the suspect. As the manhunt pushes into a third day, the FBI, at its latest briefing, saying Francisco Oropesa, remains elusive. We do not know where he is. We don't have any tips right now to where he may be. The 38-year-old, a Mexican national who was deported and subsequently returned to the U.S. four times over the past 14 years, is accused of killing five people in a neighbor's home with an AR-15-style rifle after they asked him to stop shooting a gun in his yard because a baby was sleeping. Wilson Garcia's wife and nine-year-old son were killed in the attack. He says she stayed on the front porch as they saw the gunman approaching, believing he wouldn't shoot a woman. Garcia says he fired at her without saying a word and then came inside to find us all. Garcia says they made several calls to 911 before the gunman entered the house. The dispatcher, he says, kept saying help was on the way. The victims from Honduras range in age from 31 to just nine years old. Daniel Enrique Lasso. My heart 
is with this little boy. I don't care if he was here legally. I don't care if he was here illegally. He was in my county. Five people died in my county, and that is where my heart is. Wilson Garcia says he likely survived because another woman in the house told him to escape out the window because his children needed their father. That woman was killed. Oh, Nora. Janet Shamlin, thank you. Let's turn now to the economy with news tonight about when the U.S. could default on its debt payments. It is a critical week for markets with corporate earnings, a decision on interest rates and concerns over the banking industry. Overnight, federal regulators seized the troubled First Republic Bank. And as CBS's Weijia Jiang reports, J.P. Morgan Chase, America's biggest bank, just got bigger. President Biden today assured Americans their money is safe and they won't have to pay for the latest bank rescue. Depositors are being protected. Shareholders are losing their investments. And critically, taxpayers are not the ones that are on the hook. Overnight, First Republic, the 14th largest bank in the U.S., became the third major bank to fail since March, and the second largest bank collapsed in U.S. history. After the FDIC seized it, J.P. Morgan Chase acquired all their deposits and most of their assets, including 84 branches in eight states. Customers, including Sandra Robbins, were able to access their money without issues. I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at the economy and at the people that ran and drew their money out real fast. First Republic's depositors withdrew $100 billion, plunging the stock by more than 75% last week. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon warned the collapse could mean a reduction in bank lending, but would not increase the risk of a recession. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger says most Americans can feel confident in their money because deposits of less than $250,000 are insured. What's really important is that bank failures are part of our system. That's why we have FDIC insurance. And Weijia Jane joins us now from the White House where there's some breaking news on the debt ceiling. What are you learning? Nora, that's right. President Biden called House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and invited him to the White House next week to talk about the debt limit. This comes as Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned that the U.S. could run out of money by June 1st if Congress doesn't raise or suspend the limit. And that is even earlier than previously thought. Nora. Weijia Jang at the White House with that news. Thank you. Overseas now to those mass evacuations from war-torn Sudan. The U.S. government has now helped roughly 1,000 U.S. citizens evacuate that country in northeast Africa since fighting broke out last month between rival military factions. That includes about 100 U.S. citizens who arrived by boat today in Saudi Arabia. CBS's Ramey Asensio is there. Waiting for a way out, the fortunate find their way to Port Sudan. This sea of humanity, desperate for safe passage. I have no idea uh, how I'm going to leave this uh, this spot. If, if it's going to be by plane or going to be by uh, by by ship, I have no clue. The country's military and strongest paramilitary bloc have been attacking each other day after day since mid-April. The collateral damage: hundreds of dead, thousands hurt. The U.S. naval ship Brunswick is here to pick people up. 
American service members scrutinize every passport, each serving as a ticket to Saudi Arabia. The choice to leave made simpler, with chaos rising over the capital. These Americans finally making landfall on Saudi soil. Many rode in on that 18-bus convoy from Khartoum, 500 miles to Port Sudan, under U.S. air cover, likely meaning drones. Joining more, who then sailed 200 miles through the night across the Red Sea here. Malaz Khalid lives in Queens, New York. Seeing like dead bodies on the street, seeing like like tanks, it's very chaotic. Like you really don't know what might happen next. She's flying straight back to the United States. You're taking off now. How do you feel? I feel relieved. Like alhamdulillah, I'm happy. This ship will not be the end of Americans evacuating from Sudan, Nora. CBS News has learned that two new convoys with U.S. citizens have arrived in Port Sudan. Now even more of them wanting to leave. Ramey and Asensio, thank you. A writer's strike appears to be written in the stars as a midnight deadline fast approaches for the WGA to reach a new deal with Hollywood Studios. Entertainment Tonight co-host Kevin Frazier reports more than 11,000 writers of your favorite films and TV shows could walk off the job and onto the picket line as soon as tomorrow. It is a true Hollywood cliffhanger. Action! And the ending is still being written. Incredibly grateful that there are negotiators for both sides. Incredibly hopeful that they can come to an agreement. The first impact would be late night TV. All these shows could be off by tomorrow, plus the remaining episodes of Saturday Night Live. This week's scheduled host is Pete Davidson. As you know, the writer's strike might happen. That's right. So I've been working on this for like two, three months, and they're like, yeah, well, we'll know Monday. More than 11,000 writers are set to walk the picket line if no deal is reached with Hollywood producers. The main issue is streaming. 78% of households now subscribe to at least one streaming service, but the writers say those series pay less and have fewer episodes. Ten years ago, the WGA says a third of its TV writers worked at the minimum salary. It's now half. But studio producers say their budgets are already stretched and they can't make a profit by paying more when revenues are falling. Also playing a role in the labor talks? AI. The writers want assurances that studios won't use artificial intelligence like ChatGPT to generate new scripts. The last writer strike in 2007 lasted 100 days and cost California more than $2 billion. Back then, Stephen Colbert was on Comedy Central. Where are my words? We have no script, Stephen. Why, why not? The writers are on strike. Now, a long strike could push back the fall TV season, and even if there is an agreement, consider that next month, contracts expire for the unions representing both Hollywood's directors and actors. Nora? Kevin Frazier, thank you. Turning now to the war in Ukraine, the Biden administration estimates that more than 20,000 Russian troops, many of them convicts thrown into combat, have been killed in the battle for Bakhmut over the last five months. This body cam video from the Ukrainian side shows the intense fighting in a battle that's become known as the meat grinder. The U.S. estimates another 80,000 Russians have been wounded. The fighting rages on. This video shows a Russian missile strike in eastern Ukraine today that killed two people and wounded 40 others. 
Tonight, health experts are sounding the alarm about human-made chemicals known as forever chemicals, which are linked to cancer and other illnesses. More than 95% of all Americans tested had detectable levels in their blood. CBS's Roxana Saberi traveled to Michigan to take an in-depth look at the contamination of freshwater fish. One environmental group calls it the tip of a toxic iceberg. On Michigan's Grand River, biologists are fishing for chemicals. These freshwater fish will be tested for PFAS, a family of toxic compounds that last so long in the environment. And in people, they've been called forever chemicals. For decades, PFAS have been widely used to put the non-stick in cookware and to make stain and waterproof fabrics, firefighting foam, and even cosmetics. They've really contaminated fish everywhere. Climatologist Dan Brown showed us a stretch of the Huron River near Detroit, where a nearby auto parts plant discharged so much PFAS into the water, the state says the fish aren't safe to eat. How widespread is the problem across the United States? The Huron River, I think, is one of the canaries in the coal mine. I think we're just now seeing the tip of the iceberg. If we're finding PFAS here in all the fish that we sampled, I think any river throughout most of the United States, you're going to find similar levels of PFAS. A recent study of freshwater fish samples collected by the EPA found it's an issue in almost every state. David Andrews is one of the authors. Nearly every single sample had PFAS in it, and, and that levels that consuming a single serving of fish would be equivalent to a year of contaminated water. Now, for the first time, the federal government is proposing strict regulations limiting PFAS in drinking water, more than 90 percent lower than previous recommendations. For now, though, states essentially make their own rules. Abigail Hendershot leads Michigan's efforts to find and fix PFAS pollution. The easy thing for consumers to understand is, has my lake been tested? Has my river been tested? So when it comes to uh, public health and fish consumption, we want to make sure people are thinking about this holistically. Many companies are phasing out certain kinds of PFAS, but many more remain in use. The longer we use PFAS, the longer we're going to poison ourselves. A threat that could last forever. Roxana Saberi, CBS News, Milford, Michigan. Violent protests erupted in France today with more than 100 officers injured. Why? That's next. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
Tonight, 15,000 pilots at American Airlines are threatening to go on strike. Pilots walked the picket line today at 10 major airports. Among their demands, better pay and more predictable schedules. Pilot strikes are rare. The last one in the U.S. was in 2010, and they require permission from federal mediators. As contract negotiations continue, the airline believes a deal is within reach. Protests over the raising of the retirement age in France turned violent today. Officials say more than 100 police officers were injured in clashes with protesters who hurled firebombs and explosives. Police responded with tear gas and water cannons. Nearly 300 people were arrested. The protests coincided with the annual May Day workers' rights demonstrations. Tonight, a consumer alert about a popular product that may be in your kitchen cabinet. What you need to know, that's next. We have an important consumer alert tonight. General Mills is recalling some of its gold metal flour because of a possible salmonella contamination. The company is recalling two, five, and 10-pound bags of gold metal unbleached and bleached all-purpose flour with a better if used by date of March 27th and 28th, 2024. Customers are urged to throw out the flour. An American hero, how a female fighter pilot survived a near-fatal mission over Baghdad. That's next. This portion of the CBS Evening News is sponsored by VivGuard. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum received an unusual donation, a piece of a U.S. Air Force combat plane that was nearly shot down over Baghdad 20 years ago. CBS's David Martin has the story of the heroic female pilot who did the near impossible to bring the plane in for a landing, saving her life. It felt like the decision could be the difference between life and death. Now retired, Air Force Colonel Kim Campbell faced that decision 20 years ago in the cockpit of her A-10 over Baghdad. The plane is built to support troops on the ground and she had just attacked an enemy position. When I felt and heard a large explosion at the back of the airplane, and I knew immediately I was hit. Here is the cockpit recording. Who got hit? Who got hit? Happy. An Iraqi missile had severed her plane's hydraulic lines. It was just plunging to the ground completely out of control. She regained control by switching to manual mode. It's just very heavy, very difficult to fly. And even harder to land. Here she is on final approach something she had never practiced because it was too dangerous. I wasn't sure if the airplane was just going to flip over, if I was going to crash, um, but I got the airplane on the ground. The only woman pilot in the squadron stuck 
the landing. To me, the best part of that mission was hearing all the guys on the radio, welcome home. I knew that I had made it. I'd survived. The plane never flew again. But Campbell, whose call sign was Killer Chick, was back over Iraq the next day. David Martin, CBS News at the Air and Space Museum. No doubt she landed it. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay, and and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that does that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast, was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.